This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Why don't you open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I'd like to read it out of the Passion. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched in it. My mom came to chat to me early this week and she said, when you're going to speak to people, she said, you mustn't say to people, I'd like to speak on this this morning. She said, you must tell them, this is what the Holy Spirit gave you that you need to deliver. And I said, but that's what I'm doing. Surely people know that. This is not of me. This is of him. So this is what the Holy Spirit is coming to deliver to you this morning. My mom keeps me straight and narrow. So I want to speak to you this morning on something that the Holy Spirit gave to me (laughs) that is titled Broadcasting from Your Office. Broadcasting from Your Office. In some ways, before you met Christ, life was easy, but life was complicated. In some ways, it was easy because you were in the world and of the world. And so we were able to live a life where we were able to go from day to day and the experiences and the encounters that we had were defined from the place that we found ourselves. We were part of the environment. We looked like the environment. We lived like the environment. We thought like the environment. Everything worked in that context. The challenge with it was we never had You see, when Christ comes into our life, he brings hope. Why? Because all of a sudden he brings opportunities. He brings options that were not available beforehand. Up until that point, we never had options because I'm in and I'm of, and I'm living in and of. But when he comes into our life, something begins to happen. Something fundamental changed in that what he does is he births in us a new world. He births in us a new world. And that new world is defined of him. And all of a sudden, I find myself in a place where I'm living in a state of paradox. Because I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And I'm trying to navigate this. And in this space, I'm trying to be able to gain a place of comfort and stability. I'm able to gain definition. I'm looking to gain a place where I'm able to identify who I am in this new world that I find myself in. And once I've defined that, how am I supposed to live from this new reality that's on the inside of me? Every single day, I'm confronted with the reality that I live in a paradox of two different worlds that are intertwined and interrelated in some way. I am the bridge between one world and the other. And suddenly I realize that I find myself in a place where I'm a spiritual person, which is everything that's defined on the inside of me that he's given me, but I'm living a natural experience. Suddenly I recognize that I'm a new creation in Christ, but I have a mind that hasn't been renewed and hasn't got the fully realized and appreciated the fullness of everything that he's provided for me on the inside. 
I recognize the fact that he's came into my life and he's given me a future and a hope. He's ordained me and he's given me a, a destiny that is his design for my life. And yet I find myself confronted with the realities that I live every day. I live in a space where I able to see from an inner world and have vision. And yet I live in a world that has no sight. And in this complexity and into this world, I'm trying to find my space and I'm trying to understand how it is that I'm supposed to give definition to myself and to my future. It's important things because when we talk about worlds, perhaps one of the easiest ways to recognize it and one of the easiest analogies to understand who we are and what God is looking for is when we start to recognize the fact that when you speak about countries that have a relationship with one another, what they do is in order for you to understand who we are and to have an appreciation of who we are, what we do is we send somebody who is in your nation but is of our nation. And the purpose of that person in your nation is to represent the king in the kingdom that he comes from. It's called an ambassador. All of a sudden, if we begin to understand and realize that God has established us to be ambassadors in the world in which we find ourselves, it starts to open up a little bit of, um, it makes our concept of being able to understand our role and our responsibility in this world a little bit easier. We call to be ambassadors, but we're not of a foreign nation. We're of a world that's established on the inside of us. We're of a world that God has defined on the inside of us. And my responsibility is to take of that world and to take the king and the kingdom and to introduce it into the world in which I find myself. As an ambassador... When you step into that place, what ends up happening is your office begins to give definition to who you are. If you assume the role of an ambassadorship, you are no longer your own. When you step into that country, you begin to recognize that I need to be defined by my position. I need to be defined by my office. Because everywhere I go and everything that I say becomes representative of the nation that I came from. It comes with responsibility. I don't have the prerogative of saying, gee, I'm so excited I'm going to become an ambassador so I can move into that place and I can live from that office, but I can do it any way that I would like. I have to understand that with it comes responsibility. There comes a place where I have to value the space in the office and allow that office to have influence in who I am. It needs to redefine the way that I see myself. And understand the fact that the reason that I'm in a foreign place is because I'm there to have influence in that space. It not only redefines the way that I see myself, but the office of an ambassador is also introduces me to my responsibilities and my deliverables. What am I to deliver? How are we to live every single day? Are we haphazard? Do we just live the way that we used to live, but we wear the title that I'm an ambassador? We don't have that prerogative. The office is calling and the office is sitting saying, I put you in that position for a reason. I put you in that position, but you need to understand what it is that you're there to do. You need to understand and have a, a, an appreciation and a value for the responsibility of the office. What it's there to introduce into the space that you find yourself. The office is there to inform my conduct. You ought to be a person of character. 
I represent the office and I represent it well. I represent the office well when I understand the office. I represent the office well when I am immersed in an understanding as to what it's all about. And I move to a place all of a sudden where I begin to represent it really well. I go to places and people sit and say, there's the ambassador of whoever. The office has had influence. John chapter 5 verse 19. Jesus says, I only do the things I see the Father do. I only do the things I see the Father do. What was he saying? I understand my office. Yes, I'm Jesus, the man, but I'm living here as the Christ. And as the Christ and as the anointed one, my responsibility is to the Father. My accountability is to the Father and to the office. He sets that domain. He sets and establishes that office. And in Jesus' life, all he ever did was he sat and reverted to the Father. What does the Father say about this? What is the Father's viewpoint on this? What does the Father think should be happening here? What does the Father think I should be delivering? What does the Father think I should be doing? Why? Because my whole life was governed by the office. He understood authority and he understood that as long as he lived and operated in the office, he was covered. As long as I lived from the office, I had power. As long as I lived in the office, I had God's understanding and wisdom. When we live from the office, we live from a place of overcoming. When we live from the office, we live from God's design. It's when we step out of the office that things happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, you're no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. You're no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. I used to live at a place where I was a slave to sin. I never had options. I felt like doing something, so I did it. I felt like saying something, so I said it. I lived any way I wanted. I behaved any way I wanted. Why? Because I was a slave to sin. Every, anything that attacked and influenced my flesh or my desires. I had no compunction about going out and doing the things that I just felt like doing. But I'm no longer a sinner. I was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. I've just stepped into the office. And if I step into the office, all of a sudden, it requires something of me. There is a requirement that comes with that. Yes, I've been saved by grace, but there is a requirement on me as to what I do with that. The challenge with sorts of Christians, and particularly modern day Christians, is we have churches that are developed, and the whole thing is we want to be seek friendly. We want to embrace everybody. Don't say anything that may be offensive to someone. Don't do something that somebody may rub against them. Don't do something that will create friction in any way. You've missed your calling. That's not your office. You don't get to define the office. He defines the office. Your responsibility is you take truth and you deliver truth. And what the Holy Spirit does with that is his business. The problem with it is we're more interested in growing our congregation size than delivering truth. If I can create a safe space where you can come in and you can sit and you can feel good at the end of it and you leave here and you feel like the world is wonderful and I've patted you on the back and I've stroked you really nicely and everybody feels really good, that's a raw, raw session. The problem with it is, is that I don't understand my office. And the problem is when I walk out of the comfort of church, I can't confront my reality. 
We have a responsibility that goes beyond that. When he says, you've been bought with a price, what he's saying is, the way that I used to live in the world, I could live freely from the things that used to affect me. Anything that I felt like doing, I could do. We don't live like that anymore. What he's trying to instill in us is that there is something called responsibility. Christians don't like the word responsibility. We, go and li- we like to go and hide behind the hedge of grace. It's all covered by grace. Everything's grace. Grace has become an excuse for many Christians not to assume the responsibility that the office expects of us. Grace is important. Grace is fundamental. But the point that so many Christians miss is that it's grace by faith. It's not grace arbitrarily. It's grace by faith. We have a responsibility to accept what Jesus has done. And we have a responsibility to allow it to define us and to walk into a reality of that. That is our part in it. Jesus' part was the provision of grace. There is a responsibility. God is calling us to recognize the fact that it's no longer about how I feel. It's no longer with respect even about what I think. It's about the office. He's saying, understand that there is a fundamental at play here. Where are you standing? Are you in the office or out of it? Because if I'm in the office, to what degree is it giving definition to who I am? If I say I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world, what it begins to imply is that I need to be separate from the world. I need to be distinct from the world. There needs to be a distinction. And part of it is because in many ways, it's easy for us to be consumed with our life and our reality. We deal with stuff and we tackle stuff on a regular basis. And very often we're fighting our own fight and we're so engaged in our own battle that we don't recognize the significance of the war. One of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to get us so caught up in our own reality and fighting our own reality that we lose sight of the fact that I'm an ambassador here to represent the kingdom. You see, our calling is much bigger than the battle you find yourself in right now. God's not saying he's not interested in that. What he's saying is he loves you so much, you are his chosen treasure. You are his chosen treasure. Because he loves you so much, he sees you as a king and a priest. That's your office. And as a king and a priest, we are here to what? Broadcast the kingdom. There is a consideration and there is a calling which is so much more significant than where I find myself and what I'm in right now. And what God is always inviting us into is to step back into the office so that we're able to have a view which is more holistic. And we begin to recognize the fact that, yes, I'm here to tackle and fight the good fight of faith in my battle. But the bigger picture is I'm here to introduce the kingdom. That is the bigger consideration. Very often, what ends up happening is we come into church and we're starting to find our way and we're starting to to get an appreciation and a value for what it is to live from the office, to live from the office. But we don't always know what God's expectations are. And when we don't know what God's expectations are, we lean to our own understanding. And that's where we end up in trouble. If we don't 
have a grasp as to what his expectations are. We're very motivated by how we feel in things. That's why for so many Christians, they live like the world. They respond like the world. They speak like the world. They act like the world. But I go to church every week. I'm in the world, but I look like the world, but I go to church. Why? Because God's calling us into something new. And he's sitting saying to us, understand this. You've taken on an assignment. You've taken on a job task. It's called an ambassadorship. And I'm calling you to the office. And the office is going to give definition to who you are. If you don't know what your job description is, read it in the manual. Read it in the manual. The whole point of the manual is I'm going to define for you what it is that you need to do as an ambassador. If you have a look at, I'm going to read this out of the Passion as well. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, it says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing into our lives, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. What he's saying is this. The reason I've called you to the office is because every time you step into something new, every time you step into an encounter, every time you step into a different situation, the whole point of that is to sit and discover something new about my office. Who am I in this place and what am I to do here? Who am I in this place and what am I to deliver here? If you have a look at James chapter 1 and verse 25. Okay, Donna's got one. You only had one to do today, Donna. But one who looks intently at the perfect law of liberty and abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. What it's saying is, when you understand your office, you'll be blessed. What it's saying is when you step into the office and you begin to explore what that office is all about and you allow the office that's out there to give definition to who you are, to your understanding, and you live from that place, you will be blessed. You see, the importance of us living from the office is that it's not only to set us free, but it's to set us apart It's going to take you out of something with the purpose of setting you apart. Why is he setting you apart? Because I've called you with purpose. And what I'm doing is I can't introduce you to the purpose that I have for you where you are. I need to make you separate. I need to make you distinct. I need to call you to the office because once you step into the office, all of a sudden you'll begin to recognize my purpose here as an ambassador of the kingdom is to have influence. Influence in every situation. Terry touched on a scripture this morning. What did Jesus say? My responsibility here as the ambassador of the kingdom is to take the things of the kingdom and introduce them to my world. That's the responsibility I have. People are looking for purpose. People want to discover purpose. There is no roadmap to purpose. We discover and run into purpose when we follow the road signs along the journey of life. Anytime you encounter a circumstance or a situation that is demanding something of you, what it's saying is, I'm inviting you into purpose. What are you going to do here? What are you putting into the situation? What is your expectation? 
What are you looking for? We discover purpose along the journey of life. Every time something's extended to us to give of who we are. If we're not grounded and rooted in office, what ends up happening is I take of who I used to be and I try to bring about change and transformation and it never works. It never works. Part of the reason that we struggle so much to have influence in our external world is because our internal world is not established in the office. That's why Jesus talks about renewing our mind. What he's saying is, if I can change your thinking, if I can affect your thinking so that you begin to think like an ambassador, things will happen in your life. Things will change in your life. When Jesus walked the earth, Jesus lived from the office of the Christ, the anointed one. We are called to live from the office of a new creation in Christ. What he's saying to us is this. You've been promoted. Because you used to live your life. You used to do the things you used to do. You used to try and tackle life in your own ability. You used to use your own prerogative and your own understanding to deal with life. But what he says, I've promoted you. Because it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. What he's saying is, if you thought that you could be successful in who you were, try it when you have the anointing. What he's saying is when you live from a new place that's defined by who I am in Christ, all of a sudden it begins to change who I am. All of a sudden it changes the resources that are available to me. Because I identify the fact as a representative of the kingdom, I'm here to introduce the kingdom. And because of that, the resources of heaven are available to you in that capacity. The reason that God blesses you from the office is because your function comes out of the office. Your purpose comes out of the office. That's why God's blessing comes to that space. Who we are becomes so important because it affects how we see and how we live. It affects our expectations. But who we are is never established And is never rooted or is always rooted in something other than myself. Who you are is always rooted in something other than you. When you grow up in life, your identity, for many people, is going to be built as a result of being rooted in your education system. Gee, I'm really good. Gee, I'm really bad. The teacher said that I'm fabulous. The teacher said that I'm not so smart. It's going to be rooted in the people around about you and what they put into your life. It's going to be rooted in words. It's going to be rooted in experiences and encounters where I feel like, you know what, I can really do something like this because it's good. I can't really do something like that. So it sets up a boundary in my life. My identity is rooted in something other than myself. What God is saying to us is this. When your identity is rooted in the kingdom, it starts to change the way that I see myself. It starts to change and affect who I am. It makes me realize that every kind of definition that I've allowed into my life that is outside of the king, kingdom is erroneous. It's not right and it's not valid. So I move back to the place of who I am 
in the context of my office. And in the context of the office, what I do is I keep who I am grounded and rooted in that soil. Because what ends up happening is the Holy Spirit, if you look at John 16 verse 14, it says the Holy Spirit will take the things which are of Jesus and he will open them up to you. He will reveal them to you. What is he doing? He's sitting saying, you are a new creation in Christ. That space, that office in Christ is something that's been established and grounded and rooted and given form as a result of the resurrected Christ. So every time the Holy Spirit takes something of the resurrected Christ and he gives you insight and understanding of that, what he's saying is, I'm illuminating the office to you. I'm giving you an understanding as to who you are, how you should live, what you should be. The Holy Spirit is the one, if we keep our lives grounded in our office, who will touch and affect and change who we are. Can I leave you with one last thought? Your environment is here to steal from you. And any time we allow our environment access to our lives, what ends up happening is it takes from us and steals from us. I once was happy and now I'm sad. I once had courage to do certain things, but now I'm I'm wobbling and I'm wavering and I'm not sure about stuff. I used to have peace and now I find myself where I'm anxious. What's happening? My environment is stealing from me. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Here's the revelation. A thief never breaks into your house to steal something you don't already have. You never have a thief who breaks into an empty house. Why? There's nothing to steal. What is the point? The point is, everything that you have to define who you are, who you should be, how you should live, you're empowering, you're enabling, is available and accessible to you as long as you live from the office. And Satan knows that. And the point is, every time he comes, what he's doing is, he's wanting to take something that we already possess. We don't always understand that because we don't necessarily have an understanding and a full appreciation for everything that's available to us as an ambassador living in the office. So before we know it, what ends up happening is I find myself anxious and worried a whole, about a whole bunch of stuff. Why? Because my environment stole my peace from me. As an ambassador, the responsibility for, from my point of view is to identify what is mine when I live from my office. And when I live from that place and I see something coming into my life that is creating anxiety, I stop at that point and I sit and say, you're not stealing my peace. My peace belongs to me. It's part of my office. It's part of my job description. You're not having it. When we respond in life, how do we respond? Just arbitrarily? Or do I step into the office and sit and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to be an angry person. I'm not going to be a person who lets words come out of my mouth that tear other people down. Why? Because that's not part of who I am. I'm not going to let my environment steal from me and steal the definition of who I am as an ambassador of the kingdom. We grow up in a world which is particularly pervasive nowadays. Where it indulges the whole concept of relative truth. Whatever you believe is real, is real. 
It's okay. And it creates a climate that's very dangerous. Because if you go down that road, you have no barometer and no point of reference to sit and say what is true and right and what isn't. When we become born again, the whole purpose of the life of God coming on, onto the inside of us is to bring about change and transformation. God wants to stretch and change our understanding of who we used to be so that he can bring forward something new out of something old. Sometimes we have a hard time stepping into that because we are so, as people, so indulged by a society where I'm able to live by what I think. My opinion is important. How I feel is so important. How I want to do things becomes consequential. And God sitting saying, I appreciate who you are. Please understand, you're my chosen treasure. You're my chosen treasure. He qualifies everything at the beginning by saying, my chosen treasure. What he's really saying is, I love you more than you'll ever know. That's really what he's saying. It's because I love you so much. What I'm telling you is this. I can't live the way that I used to live. And what I'm inviting you into is I'm inviting you into a new office. We need to move to a place where we allow that office to define not only who I am, but what God's expectations are of us and how we conduct ourselves. It changes everything. It's not an invitation, it's an expectation. That's where we sometimes get it wrong. We think God's just, God's so kind, God's so loving. You know, I can kind of live the way I want to live because he just will indulge whatever. The problem with it is he never stops loving you, but the choices that we make are going to define what the future is. He's empowered us with something incredibly, um, that is so transformational because every time we make a decision, what we end up doing is it's more than making a declaration of will. What we're really doing is we're giving definition to our future. Every time you elect to go a certain way, you're giving that the power that it needs to give definition to what your future looks like. So it's important for me to understand that in the context of where God has called me, I have a responsibility to recognize the fact that I'm in, but I'm not of. I have a responsibility to understand what does the office look like? We don't always know that. When I used to work in advertising, I can remember there were times I would get promoted and so I'd move from one position to a new position. And because of that new position, it came with new roles and responsibilities. And I didn't always know what they were. I know you would think you should, but you don't. And sometimes what ends up happening is the resources necessary for you to fulfill that position are available to you in that position. But you don't always know it. And so you go about managing and taking care of stuff and people are saying, I'm not looking for you to manage anymore. I've moved you to a leadership role. The expectations have changed. The enabling is there. But I'm looking for more from you because you can't take who you were and what you used to be and bring it into a new role. You need to understand that redefinition has taken place. Your role has become more expansive. Your opportunity for influence has enlarged. And as a result of that, you need to grasp and grab a handle as to what is it that my deliverables are. Define it for me, Father. And I live from that place. What changes our life is when we have a revelation that I'm a new creation in Christ. 
and I live from that space. Not by how I feel, not what I want to do, not by whims, not by even my thoughts or my ideas. Not my will but thine be done. It changes everything. Father, I just want to thank you for people that you love and people that you've blessed. People, Father, that are your chosen treasures. I thank you that you love us so very much, that you never want to leave us where we are, but you provide opportunity for us to step into a new uh, arena of relationship with you. And in that space, I thank you that you're redefining who I am. You're redefining how I think. You're redefining how I engage with life. You're redefining my character and what I'm all about. I thank you for, for illumination, for revelation, for transformation for every person that's here. I bless you for a week ahead that is full of your guidance, your enabling, your direction, your prosperity, your protection. Introduce us to purpose, Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of our understanding so that every time a demand is placed on us, we understand that it is an invitation to step into purpose. And in that role, bring to my remembrance what it is to live as an ambassador. We thank you and we bless you for all of your goodness. Amen.